For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight, I welcome back my co-host, Joe Farrow. On Twitter, that is at the Joe Farrow. Joe, how was vacation, man? Uh, well, I got to miss out on a couple of Nets games, so that, that was pleasant. Um, I did get to go... See, I was in Orlando and Luca was obviously playing the Magic on Wednesday when I was there. So I was like, okay, well, Magic tickets are cheap as shit. So <laughs> I got to go see Luca play for 20 bucks. That was that was fun. I mean, he had a kind of stinker of a game for his standards, but Spencer Dingwiddie had like 29 points, so that was fun to see. But oh man, geez. you and Spence, bro. You and Spence. It'll never end with you and Anthony. Yeah, because he's a Nets legend. Legend. Not that just a- shows how poor the Nets are, where you call Spencer Dinwiddie a Nets legend, but you can continue. What are you talking about? Spencer Dinwiddie, Isaiah Whitehead, all those guys. They're Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I mean no, I mean it was it was a really it was a fun time. I was hammered every single day, so that was also great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most Nets fans, after what they've been watching, even while you've been gone, have probably been hammered every night just to survive the yeah. bullshit that's been going on. So is the word on the street. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you what, You haven't been on in, like, a week, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, yeah. So, I guess, like, I mean, I'm sure you were still keeping up with the Nets while you were doing your thing, but. I mean, I was watching on my phone. It sucked. Yeah. So, like. I had a very quick fuse to turn the game off. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, we'll get into the Kings game um, in a little bit. and But just overall, like, what's your take on the current Nets? We're, we're what, 15 games through the season. It's, like, roughly 18% <laughs> of the season. So, like, we're almost a fifth of the way there already. And, like. I, I guess, like, what's your thoughts on the direction of the team? Just whatever you want to say, Joe. You haven't been here a week. What's your thoughts on the Nets currently? The Brooklyn Nets are an organization, I feel, led by spineless people who employ other spineless people. It is a disgrace to the organization and its fans, the way that Joe Sy runs this organization and the decisions that he makes just for quote unquote, good PR. 
Kyrie Irving has been eligible to return for now two games. It will be three as he's missing the next game, but allegedly he's coming back the game after. He's held Kyrie Irving out an extra three games, and he publicly went on record and said he still has work to do after he served the minimum of the five games of the suspension, which was warranted. Kyrie Irving not being back after the five games as he had already met with Adam Silver, that was reported multiple days before the five games was up. He met with Joe and Clara Sai. He... I would assume he had donated to the charity already, which was another part of the stipulation for him to come back. He's doing all these things, and we're hearing from everybody on all accounts that he's having great progress, and including Josiah. He said Kyrie is progressing, and he's do and like I don't believe he has any anti-Semitic beliefs. You go, and then you go out and say he still has work to do, and you're still holding him out from playing. The organization as a whole. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons have turned this current season, which we had so much hope for already early on, into a complete shit show. Not to mention we fired Steve Nash and then didn't hire a competent coach because we were already in a PR nightmare. It's the one word I could use to describe this team is spineless. That's the simplest way I can put it. It was fun for a week. Like you said, you tweeted that the Jock Vaughn honeymoon stage is over because we held Five straight games or four straight games, whatever it was, we held our we hold our opponents to under a hundred points, looking great defensively. But we all know that's not sustainable, especially with this Nets team that's currently constructed, where we only have one decent center and a bunch of small guards. You, it's not a sustainable form of basketball, and we all knew that, and we knew it was going to catch up eventually. And you follow it up by losing to the Los Angeles Lakers with no LeBron James and you give up 153 points to the Sacramento Kings. That is incompetency at its finest. And watching the complete downfall of this Brooklyn Nets team over the last few years, leading up to where we are current day, giving up 153 points to the Sacramento Kings on national TV while you're purposefully holding your second best player out. It's ridiculous. That's my general consensus on the Nets. It's beyond frustrating as a fan. And like it, there's not much other words to describe it other than ridiculous, spineless, cowardly. That's all I got. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I think what you said is how a lot of fans are feeling um, with the Kyrie stuff. So today, uh, we got news around, I think it was like 6 o'clock, roughly 6 p.m. Eastern, that Woj reported Kyrie Irving is approaching the final stages, were his exact words, of com- returning to the Brooklyn Nets. He would later go on to say he could return to the Nets as soon as Sunday against the Memphis in Brooklyn. Um, honestly, that saved a very long rant from me on this episode because I was ready to go off. Like, I was ready to go off. I'm sure anyone that saw my Twitter today could probably tell I was ready to go off. Like you said, the Nets are spineless. They're dysfunctional. Um, It's the players. It was James Harden. It was Kyrie Irving. It's been Steve Nash. It's been Sean Marks. But like you said, it all starts with Joe Sott. He makes very rash decisions. Like you said, maybe it's for good PR. 
Um, I, I don't know. Like, he suspended Kyrie last year. Then he let him come back and play away games when it was too late. He traded it. He really traded for James Harden, gave him it all, and then they rashly dumped him at the trade deadline, which I think you could argue was the right move because he was probably leaving in the offseason for nothing. Um, the whole Ben Simmons thing last year was a nightmare. Was he going to play in the playoffs? Was he not going to play in the playoffs? The whole Joe Harris thing was a nightmare. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Um, the, Steve, the way they handled Steve Nash was a nightmare. Brought him back. Every single fan of the Nets knew that if Steve Nash and the Nets were off to a poor start this season, within 10 games, he was gone. Why even bring that into the season? Move on. Find a head coach before the year started. And, you know and what, then once you know what's what's up, Joe? They just didn't want to concede. Correct. 100%. Like, I mean, we saw it with Sean Marks after they got swept, said they were taking the organization back. Then the report came out that KD wanted Steve Nash fired. You can't fire Steve Nash right after KD says that in the report, whether it was true or not, whatever. Obviously, I believe it was. I think Joe believes it was as well. Yeah. Um, but you can't fire him after you just said you're taking the organization back. And then this whole Kyrie thing. I know I've said talked about this in great depth, but I think it was the last episode with Anthony, so I'm not going to say too much on it. The five-game suspension was deserved. It should have been five games. should not have been some crazy-ass long wish list. Um, talking to Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, talking to Joe Sy and Claire Wusai, they both believed he does not have anti-Semitic beliefs, which should have been the main concern the entire time. Mm-hmm. Not the link he tweeted, which he probably didn't even watch more than a quarter of it. Not the interaction with Nick Friedel, because obviously Kyrie Irving has zero respect for Nick Friedel, and I think that is completely warranted. But it should have been, genuinely, does Kyrie Irving have any hate beliefs towards any religion, race, whatever? If not, then why is he still suspended? Um, I don't care if the Nets are playing in L.A., the Nets are playing in Sacramento, if the Nets are playing in Portland. You fly Kyrie Irving out to play the game. We saw it against Sacramento when there was a report that players were confused, surprised, not sure why Kyrie Irving wasn't reinstated before the Kings game. Um, He's not playing again tomorrow night against Portland. Hopefully, they let him play on Sunday against the Grizzlies because we saw it last year. This next team isn't good enough to take off a half or three quarters of the regular season and flip the script. Like, they're not good enough. Most teams in the NBA, like the Clippers are in the same boat, I feel. They were supposed to be this great team last year, and then they never got it together. And they're kind of going through it right now with not having Kawhi. Like, the NBA is too good to do that now. We used to see the Cavs do that in the East. They would change their entire roster at the deadline. They'd buy out all the all these buyout players. The East is loaded now. You can't do that and win the East. So I, mean, I don't know. Like, look at the teams that have been prevailing in the East the last couple of years. The core of the Milwaukee Bucks has been together for multiple years. The core of the Boston Celtics have been together for a long time. Like these are the teams that are making it through. And it's like the Nets have had so much roster turnover and inconsistency on the court in the last couple of years. Like, what do you expect? Like you can't, you can't, ima- you can't expect to be beating these guys. Regardless, like Kevin Durant's a top three, top five at worst player on the planet. It's like, what? how much more can he do? He can't do everything. So, like, it's you need consistency. And you've had so much roster turnover, it's impossible. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to the point, I mean, we'll get more into the Kings game in a little bit. I mean, we won't talk about it much because, holy hell, that was pathetic. But getting to the point where it's like the Nets aren't enjoyable to watch. Uh, I would say that we are two uh, pretty big Nets fans compared to most people. Like, we dedicate a ton of our free time to this team. Recording a podcast like multiple times a week, writing articles, etc., the game against the Kings, I turned it off at halftime and went to bed. Without even without even second guessing it, Josh. It's like, yep, yeah, nope. I gotta be up tomorrow at like 7:30. I'm not staying up till 12, 12:30 to watch this game. And when I woke up this morning, I'm so glad I went to bed. Like 153 points. Are you kidding me? Like, I know the Kings are no longer the Kings of old. They got some players now. Yeah. But to get run out of Sacramento is pathetic. It really I just and like I said, well sorry, Joe. Like I said before, like forget championship right now, because this team is far from that. I just want to be able to enjoy watching them play basketball again. Like that's where I'm at right now. It's just like I wanna see that they play a game and be like, wow, like I'm gonna enjoy this game instead of like tomorrow. Wow, how many points are is Damon and Anthony Simon is gonna score on the Nets tonight? Yeah. It's like, it, it really is. It's so frustrating. It's like, you don't go into a game with any type of hope anymore. It's just insane. Yeah. It, it's like unbelievable, the fall from grace that we had from the the pre, pre-signing of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And meanwhile, that's what this is what was supposed to propel them to the next level. It's like, when we sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, we have two max slots available, and we have a core of Spence, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, uh, Joe Harris. And it's like, okay, these two guys with these pieces around them, like it's going to be fun as hell to watch. James Harden wants out of Houston. We trade essentially that entire core. Well, we lose basically that entire core except for Joe Harris. We trade LeVert and Allen. Dinwiddie tears his ACL in like the third game of the year that season. We lose him for the year. It's like... And, like, the team is just in shambles after that. You get a bunch of washed-up guys on the buyout market. You got to remember, guys are on the buyout market for a reason. Like, yes, some of them can still help teams in the right circumstance. But, like, man, like, you bring in Blake Griffin. You bring in LaMarcus Aldridge. You bring in guys like Paul Millsap. You bring in, like, you sign a guy like Patty Mills. And, like, Patty Mills for the first half of last season was awesome. But it's, like, with all that roster turnover and guys in and out the door, like, you cannot – look at 
anybody with a straight face and say, like, yeah, this team, they, they're going to have, they're going to figure it all out and click within the span of 82 games where obviously not everybody on the team is going to be playing 82 games. Shit happens. It's the NBA. Like you're not, it's almost impossible at this point. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we went into the season, like, let's run it back one more year. Let's see what happens. Um, and it hasn't happened yet because Seth Curry was out. Joe Harris was in and out of the lineup. Miles Turner um, still out. Ben Simmons is in and out. Kyrie Irving is suspended. Like, yeah. where, where does the break come, Cody? <laughs> where does it come? I mean, if we get Kyrie back Sunday, we're gonna. I'm gonna transition a little bit, Joe. I know this has been pretty uh, negative so far, for good reason, might I add. But yes. let's. I'm gonna transition. I'm gonna show why. I still have some optimism, okay? Like, I might be crazy. I have some, too. No, because I don't blame you. It's like at the drop of a dime, this team could just switch, right? Yeah. Like right. They so hear me out. Because they have the talent to do so. So there's a reason to have optimism. But go ahead. Yeah. So let's let's just say we get Kyrie Irving back Sunday. It's either Sunday or Tuesday, in my opinion. Like, they're not going to Philadelphia with Ben Simmons' return on Tuesday without KD and Kyrie. That is my opinion. I do think that factors into the decision, to be completely honest with you. But anyway, so let's say we're getting Kyrie Irving back either late this week on Sunday or early next week. You obviously have Seth back, who was not playing with Kyrie before because he was coming back from that ankle injury. Um, you got KD. You got TJ Warren, who should be ready soon. Um and you got Ben, who has been pretty poor, to say the least, and to be generous for this season. But if there's one thing to take away from that Kings game, he is that Ben Ben looked a little bit better. I'm not, he didn't look like an all-star. He didn't look like, wow, this guy deserves to be making a max contract. But he was better than a backup center who can play 10 to 15 minutes, which is what he has been the last couple games. Yeah, for sure. You put all this together. Now, there's still flaws with the roster. I mean, TJ Warren is another guy who can score and create his own shot, assuming he can recapture 90% of that form he had in the bubble. I mean, he's another wild card. He hasn't played a lot of basketball in two years. He's been hurt. Assuming he can, there's still a major flaw of you need another big. I think everyone can agree with that, and they need to address it. I mean, Claxton's been great this year, but yeah. Ben Simmons and him cannot coexist, in my opinion. I don't care. That's, I'm, you're not going to change my opinion on that. You need a stretch big. Maybe you move Harris to finally go and get someone like a Miles Turner or someone. I don't know. That's just a name thrown out there. And you see what happens. You let it run 25, 30 games till you get to the All-Star break. And if you're still shit, Kyrie Irving's probably leaving in the offseason. Kevin Durant's probably miserable. And I think at that point, you finally gave it a shot of 30 games and it's time to move on. It's not time yet. I think you still have to let this core try to play together because they still haven't played together this year. There's a new coach. They didn't have Seth Curry and Kyrie together. Like they got TJ Warren coming back soon. Like you got to give it a chance. And like we've said before, like they still have a ton of talent on paper. And you got to let it go for however many games you can get to the trade deadline. And if it's still not working, then you might have to consider something else. And it's such a difficult spot because, like, 
in theory, what you're saying can happen so easily, right? Like in terms of either the team flips the switch and we're a whole new basketball team. Once Kyrie's back, we're a rejuvenated team. We're ready to go. We start playing good basketball and Jock Vaughn actually turns out to be a competent coach. But on the other hand, if it doesn't work out and you do have to blow it up, you are a team where you want max compensation for Kevin Durant. You're not going to get it anymore. Everybody knows you're blowing it up and you're desperate. Ben Simmons, all-time low in trade value right now. Kyrie Irving, all-time low in trade value right now, and he's going to be a free agent after the season, so what are you really getting back? It is a nightmare scenario on top of having no picks. It's like, yeah. what do you, and I'm sure you can get a couple of firsts back at some point with some of those trades, but they're not your own. So, like, if you blow this team up and you are – a bottom five team in the NBA, you could get, you'll have a first round pick, but it might be the 15th, 16th, 20th pick. And we are right back in the scenario where we were, where Isaiah Whitehead was our starting point guard. <laughs> like <laughs> to bring it full circle from the beginning of the episode. But like, <sighs> what do we do here, man? It's brutal. It is. And obviously we are in a much better position now if we were to blow it up, then when the whole Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade happened, because you can still get something out of these guys, particularly Kevin Durant. And I mean, maybe you end up with a first round pick and a young asset for Ben. Who knows? It's That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe if a team believes in it that much. But like... Oh, man, it is brutal out here. There's, like, no good end in sight, it seems. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the um, Kevin Durant interview with Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report and TNT. Um, so, of course, Bleacher Report, being the media that they are, posted – Two very out-of-context quotes from Kevin Durant. So honestly, Joe, this is what happened to me today. I actually was at work. I read the entire interview. The entire thing. I was bored. So I read it. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, a little harsh in spots, but, like, fair. Like, I think good insight. He was honest. And then I get sent from some of my buddies from high school the Bleacher Report tweet, and I'm like, okay, like, this is fake, bro. Like, are these guys for real? They got tricked by the Twitter blue, like, the Elon Musk era. These are some trolls just posting fake quotes. Then I looked again, and I was like, this is the actual Bleacher Report count. Like, they have millions of followers. And I was like, this is this is the media, man. This is why I hate the media. Yeah. I Am I crazy to think that, like, most of it was, like, an optimistic, like, pretty positive interview, and then they just took these two quotes out of context? No, you're not crazy, because I read it as well. And, I mean, like, I – obviously, we both get a lot of people who DM us individually and, like, ask questions about, like, is this real? Like, what's happening, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I been, I got sent that – the one quote a lot today where he obviously name-drops the teammates – uh-huh. And like the, the players that have been starting to be yes. to be. And right it, like okay, like brief summary of the quote itself. 
I believe he was saying like, yeah, the team is struggling, but at the same time, like right now, the starters, like right now, the starters are Edmund Sumner, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal, and me. Like, what do you really expect? Are you really expecting us to win right now? Like, we don't have our full team. Like, yeah, I have the I have the quote in front of me right now. So there was two that Bleacher Report posted. One was Kevin Durant about his trade request last summer. His had said, "When we're all playing like shit, you know the one person they're going to look at. That's why I requested a trade." And then the quote that you're talking about was, look at our starting lineup, Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect to what you are. What are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. Yeah. Like, and that's so out of context. <laughs> like it's, 100%. you're reading the interview. He's not saying that in a negative light. He's just saying, like, this is the situation right now. This is why we're struggling. We don't have our full team. What do you really expect? You're giving us the only reason you think we have a chance to win right now is because I'm on the court. That's basically yeah. all he's saying. He's like, we don't have the team that we're that we're supposed to have. Yeah, I mean, some other good quotes. Um, he said it wasn't difficult at all to request a trade because it was about ball. Um, he said, I went to them and was like, yo, I don't like how we are preparing. I don't like shoot arounds. I like practices. I need more. I want to work on more shit. Hold me accountable. Get on my ass and film if that's going to help you get on everybody else's head. I want to do more closeouts. I want to work on more shell drills at practice. This is the type of shit I was coming at them with. It wasn't like, yo, y'all need to make sure everybody around me can make their life easier. Hell nah, I want to make everybody else's life easier. Ask Steve Nash. You can go call him right now. I would say, yo, I need more closeout drills. We need to practice more. That's what I was on. Yeah, and I mean, like, and now, now when we look back on it, remember when everybody was freaking out when they said Kyrie is leading, like, a players-only practice and this, that, and the other thing. And everybody was freaking out. Kyrie thinks he owns the team, this, and all that. I'm like, if 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 Steve Nash was not coordinating legitimate practices and KD and Kyrie want more, like, practice-type feel and they run their individual drills, like, together, is that really that bad? <laughs> like, it's not. No, of course not. Um, KD would also want to say, I wasn't feeling that and nobody was on the same vibe with me. Jock Vaughn is um he also was continuing to go about practices um durant said through all the turmoil he's in a happy state with the team and is enjoying navigating the curveballs being thrown at him he's going to say it's fun grinding with these dudes it's been fun grinding with jock um he said he's had to dodge like five defenders because Kyrie's out um I mean, he was asked about not being happy. He said he's a very happy guy. He makes a shit ton of money. He buys cool shit. Um, <laughs> talking about like Charles Barkley saying how he doesn't smile. He ended it with saying he's having a really good time. I wish you all could talk. Hear me talking during the game. If I got mic'd up, more people will stop asking me if I'm happy. So like, I don't know, man. Like it seemed, given the state of the Nets, that it was a very optimistic interview. And then Bleacher Report pulled those two quotes. Yeah, because I mean, it it's clicks business, Cody. We were, correct. We ran a website. We know how it works. <laughs> like that, that is correct. <laughs> like we know how this shit works. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, the grand scheme of it, I'm happy with what Kevin Durant said. Um, he revealed a lot about the previous regime and how he's feeling right now and like what he's looking forward to with the current team. So, I mean, it was yeah. nice to hear that kind of perspective from a star player. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bleach Report's going to do what Bleach Report does. It's time, it's time after time. So, not really shocked. I also do think that this was kind of those quotes that they pulled was maybe an attempt at KD to kind of send a warning shot to the front office and Joe Sai, like, let Kyrie Irving play. <laughs> I mean, this interview came out today, and, like, I don't want to say that the Nets leaking through Adrian Wojnarowski that Kyrie could return Sunday was in direct response to this interview with KD, but, like, it could have definitely played a factor. Yeah, no doubt at all. Um, all right, let's talk about basketball real quick. <laughs> I know we haven't yeah. really spent much time. We're supposed to talk about basketball on this thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But, I mean, me and Anthony have gone over every game. The Lakers game was an embarrassment. Um, but let's talk about the Kings game. As we said before, 153 points. Unacceptable. Simply put, unacceptable. Um. Once again, we saw it against the Lakers. The Nets do not have a person that can body a big in the post. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis went off against the Nets on Sunday. And then last night, DeMontis Sabonis was a very big problem for the Nets in the post. Not so much only scoring, but also assisting. They pretty much ran the offense through um, like I said, I watched the first half and went to bed. As I always do, I record every game and watch it afterwards. So I did watch the second half. Uh, Sabonis was a problem. Mm-hmm. And Claxton's been good. Like, he's been the Nets' uh, second best player, second most consistent player um, since we haven't seen Kyrie in a while. Like, I can't really include him in that. Um, and Claxton's been good. But he's simply still not strong enough. And Sabonis was a plus 44, Joe. He had 17, 7, 7. All of our starters were like minus 40. Yeah. Yeah, Royce O'Neal was minus 40. Joe Harris was minus 37. Yeah, Joe Harris, by the way, was atrocious this game. I I usually defend Joe, and I thought despite him not making shots this year, um, I'm not worried about Joe Harris's shooting. Like, that's just not something I'm worried about. I expect him to get his timing back and knock down jump shots at some point. But his decision-making was terrible last night. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. He was turning the ball over. Um, it was it was ugly. There was, like, three possessions in a row where he turned the ball over. And he was getting run off the three-point line, going to the basket, and he was getting caught in the air, trying to pass, trying to shoot, like, indecisive. His decision-making was atrocious. Um, his defense on Kevin Herter – was atrocious. Um, so Joe was bad. Like, I mean, the rest of the Nets were bad, but Joe was extremely bad last night. If anybody needs to know how bad this game really was, Dayron Sharp and Kessler Edwards played the entire fourth quarter. I think that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the only, the only positive plus minuses outside of like the garbage minutes, guys, the only positive plus minus on the team was Cam Thomas. At plus four. Cam. Yeah. I mean, Cam's been good. And, yes. I, and everybody was calling for him to get minutes. Everybody. 
I mean, Jacques Vaughn has granted our wish. Now, granted, it's a lot easier to grant that wish when you're down an all-star point guard. Um, right. And you need minutes there filled. But, I mean, I hope Cam continues to play, man, because he's been good. He's been really good. And we all knew he could do it. And, like, his one knack, his one knock that everybody says is that he can't defend. Well, guess what? He was on the floor and playing a lot in those games where we had the highest defensive rating over a stretch in the entire league. So, yep. suck on that, I guess. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but let's move on from this Kings game. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it was, it was, I don't want to talk about it. I want to forget about it. I want to move on. I mean, but I will say, I'm sorry. One more thing. Ben Simmons looked a little more athletic, a little more aggressive. For sure. Um, which is good to see. But besides that, there's no positive takeaway from that shit. Um, Joe, like we said, the Nets, hopefully Sunday, will have pretty much their full roster available as presently just constructed minus TJ Warren. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only players on the injury report for tomorrow's game is obviously Kyrie, who's still suspended, and TJ Warren, and then Alondis Williams, G League. Um, how do the Nets turn this around? What do they have to do? Well, obviously, you start by bringing Kyrie Irving back. <laughs> so that's, yep. that seems to be happening already. Um, you let Ben Simmons continue to get his legs under him, man. I mean, like, game by game, it really does look like he's more – He's like getting more comfortable and it's not showing in every facet of the game. He's not going to be going out there and taking 15 shots a night. It's just not going to happen. We've got to accept that right now. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, he is. So that's the thing. Right. Joe, I want to ask you a quick question before you move on from Ben Simmons. So these last couple of games, I mean, last game against the Kings, not as much, but the two games before that, he has been the backup center for Nicholas Claxton. That's just been his role, whether we agree or not. Do you think the Nets have to get him back to being a ball-dominant point guard to be successful? I do, because that's what his entire game predicates off of. Okay, and do you think that's something they got to just throw him at, or should they ease him into it and try to get him feeling more comfortable? Because, I mean, to begin the season, Steve Nash threw him in it. Like, he was bringing the ball up every single possession. And then as Jock Vaughn took over, he's literally been a backup center screening and mainly in the dunker spot. And I think that's a solid way to use him at times. But I think at the same time, it's a lot of – I think that was mainly because he's working back from injury. Like that yeah. a little stretch he had off. I think eventually, once Kyrie Irving is back, Ben Simmons will be the ball-dominant point guard and will be orchestrating the offense. Okay. Um, I think that's I, fair. And I, I hope that does happen, and I hope it happens well, because that's going to be the best version of the Nets that we see. There's no other way around it. That's going to be the best version of the Nets if Ben Simmons is a functional operating ball handling point guard. Because the offense runs off that. It really does. And it's like there's no there's no other way to put it. He, The Nets are going to go as Ben Simmons goes this year, I believe. That's a scary thought. but <laughs> it, is, it is a very scary thought. But, like, that's the reality of it. He's, your thir- he's the third guy of your quote-unquote big three. And you need him to be big. For you, I guess. It's a very yeah, and I mean, good word, it, but like, you know what I'm saying. No, I agree. And like, I think that's the best version of Kyrie Irving as well. We saw it with James Harden when James Harden was the ball dominant guard that first year. And I thought Kyrie played arguably the best basketball of his career off the ball. I mean, you could argue when he played with LeBron, obviously, but besides that, I thought that 
stretch of time, even in the playoffs before he got hurt, like that was Kyrie Irving's best stretch of basketball when he was not the dominant point guard. And I think his even better stretch was when Kevin Durant was hurt and it was only Kyrie Irving and James Harden playing together. And they, and Kyrie still, he, they didn't, we all thought when that happened, we were like, Oh my God, there's going to be so much ISO ball. This is going to be ridiculous. But like ball movement was still great. Like, Kyrie Irving was right. off ball. James Harden was obviously the more ball dominant one. And Kyrie Irving was playing off ball and he was dropping like 28 at 28, 30 a night, like on automatic when it was just on efficient, on efficient shooting too. Yes. Yes. Very efficient. Yeah. And like, yeah, that was, that was that like six month period of that second half of that season that I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I, th- and like, you can replicate that obviously not to the same extent that like you will with James Harden because James Harden, obviously is a more dribble heavy point guard and Ben Simmons is more of like get downhill, pass out, uh, set a screen, uh, dump off pass, all this, all that kind of offense. But I still think you could run it in the same way and be very effective with it. So the Nets are though as Ben Simmons goes. I, I think if you said it on Twitter, there'd be a lot of fans that are like, God damn it. Just fucking trade Kevin Durant now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, obviously I would get killed for it, but, like, that's really just – that's the reality no, I, of the situation, you know? I think it's fair. Like, we saw it last year when – I mean, obviously Kyrie wasn't there, but when James Harden was not playing well, the Nets weren't playing well. And, I mean, Ben Simmons needs to play well for the Nets to be a good team. I think that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the shooters, the the role player shooters, Joe Harris, Royce, oh, like, they it, have – I didn't – Finish. I didn't finish the oh. like. How did the Nets get better? So obviously Ben Simmons has to play better. Kyrie Irving has to come back. We need a healthy and productive version of TJ Warren to to get onto the Nets soon because I feel like he adds a whole other layer to our team as a versatile scorer if he can get back to being that. And he would open things up so much more as another ball handler, shooter, uh, bigger body, another wing. I think he would be. Hu- I think it's really going to be huge for us. So. Let's see. I guess that's that's really the main the three main things. Kyrie Irving back, TJ Warren back, Ben Simmons be good. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Ben real one last real quick question? Do you think Ben Simmons has to be all-star level or you just think he has to be good? I think he has to be good. I don't okay. think he has to be all-star level. Yeah, like when I when I talk about Ben, I'm not talking he's got to average 18 a game, but he's got to average 12. 12, has, 8, has, 12, 8, and 8. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you have Ben Simmons averaging 12, 8, and 8, and you get a healthy version of TJ Warren, along with guys like Joe Harris, Seth Curry, uh, TJ, did I say TJ Warren? But TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, obviously, Nick Claxton, all these guys. Like, that's a good core. Like, it's not playing well right now, and it's not really showing, but it's a good core. I agree. Uh, so it's like you need that 12, 8, and 8 Ben Simmons. Yeah, and I'll add one thing to that. They have to trade for a big. They do, very badly. And, I mean, and apparently I think- there's, there's word on the street. I mean, I know I don't want to bring this guy up again specifically, but, like, Miles Turner, obviously on the block. Um, yep. Allegedly, the Clippers are interested, and apparently the proposed package is Nick Batum and Terrence Mann. Are you telling me that Nick Batum and Terrence Mann is that much better than Joe Harris and Dayron Sharp? And a draft pick? No. A draft pick. No, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, do it. Right. Do yeah. it. I agree. But uh 
nice to have you back, Joe. Nets play the Blazers tomorrow night and the Grizzlies on Sunday. Um, so thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Joe and Cody. Hopefully the Nets can get back on track with Kyrie Irving back soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.